Welcome to the Center in the City podcast. I'm your host, Wade Brill, and during this series, I'll be interviewing various thought leaders, wellness experts, and humans on how they practice sustainable self-care and mindfulness. We'll get real and raw, talk about the light and the shadow side of self-care and mindfulness, and how we can actually stay centered amid the chaos and the hustle and bustle of our modern day world. So settle in and get centered. This podcast episode is brought to you by Centered in the City, a virtual on-demand self-care and mindfulness platform with over 200 different meditations, journaling prompts, nourishing recipes, and Pilates flows, all designed to support you feeling calm, focused, and energized as you live your life in this modern day world. For more information, head on over to centeredinthecity.org and claim your seven-day free trial. Welcome back to the Center in the City podcast. On today's solo episode, I am going to talk about the theme of perfectionism. I have had some listeners reach out about going a little bit deeper into this topic of perfectionism that was brought up in my discussion with Athea episode 124 where we talk about making mental health a priority and we talked about what happens when we become maximizers versus satisfiers in decision making. And so I want to expand on this topic of perfectionism. But first, I want to take a moment to talk about why it's so important for us to understand what's happening in our inner worlds. Socrates, the Greek philosopher, talks about his famous quote, the unexamined life is not worth living. And really, this inspires me to think about how when we examine our lives with a lens of curiosity and kindness, not critique and pulling apart, but with curiosity and kindness that we can cultivate with our meditation practices and mindfulness practices, it allows us to gain insight. It allows us to gain wisdom. It allows us to gain knowledge. We gain data. And with that information, With that examination, we then get to have awareness, awareness being the first step to then make different or more intentional, more awake and aware choices in life. As I explore the topic of perfectionism, I really welcome you to take this mindfulness lens with me, right? Mindfulness being this act of us being present in the moment with a sense of curiosity and kindness. So can we be present as we're exploring our internal life with a lot of curiosity and kindness? So that's my intention and hope for you listeners. A lot of what I'm going to share today is influenced by Dr. Jeff Shemaisky. I hope I'm saying that name correctly. And his book, The Perfectionist Handbook, Take Risks, Invite Criticism, and Make the Most of Your Mistakes. So in this book, discusses six types of perfectionism. So I'm going to share each one, give a little snippet of them, and pay attention. Notice, again, as you're examining with lots of curiosity and kindness, what aspects of these types of perfectionism do you know show up in your life? 
Again, we'll look at perfectionism not as a personality trait, something that's stagnant, but more so as a behavior. You know, and behaviors we luckily get to change and can change with awareness if you so choose to change. So the first one is this concept of being flawless. Like everything that I do has to be flawless, whether it's cooking a recipe to perfectionism, right? Like flawless, everything is picture perfect, whether that's working on a PowerPoint and making sure there's absolutely no spelling mistakes and all of the edges are perfect and every little thing is formatted in the quote unquote right way, right? We get into this sense of flawless behavior. Okay, so that is the first one. The second one, this personal standards being really high. So this might mean that there's never a good enough because our standards are just so high. We might think that things have to be done our way and we might feel guilt when we feel like we might let people down if we don't meet those high standards. The third piece of perfectionism, that there must be perfect order, right? That everything has to be in its place. So if you have those friends that have their kitchen perfectly ordered all of the time or their closets or um, your desk, just noticing how everything has a home and if it's out of its home or space, that might create a little bit of unease. This fourth type of perfectionism is about things being just right, right? So we have our own ideas, our own concepts of what is just right. So maybe that's how something should be cooked. Maybe that's how a project should be tackled or that's how a meeting should be facilitated. There's the sense of just right that needs to be followed. This fifth aspect of perfectionism, this fifth type, is about absolute knowledge. Like you have to have researched every little aspect to make a decision. Right? So you have to know that in order to make a decision, you have to have the best answers possible. In order to have the best answers possible, you have to research 100 million things. And then this last aspect, the sixth type of perfectionism, is being the best of the best, right? Things have to be the best of the best. You have to be the best of the best. It's just this never-ending mountain to climb. There's always more to do. There's always something that can make you better. So as you just take a moment to pause and let all those six types set in, you might notice a lot of them sound similar. You might notice some aspects of this type of perfectionism might show up in these certain situations at work and these certain ones might show up at home or with certain relationships and these with different relationships. And so just welcome that in because again, it's all just knowledge. It's all just awareness. So when we get into perfectionism, I think it's really interesting to explore you know, why would I not want to be a perfectionist, right? Why, like, duh, like, of course I want to be the best or I want to do a really good job. And I think that is where we can get into trouble because we allow ourselves to think that 
being a perfectionist or having perfectionist tendencies is really good or really bad. Like we can get into extremes. And instead, what Jeff, how he talks about it in his book is about framing it in this awareness of what's healthy, what's a healthy level of perfectionism, and what starts to be an unhealthy level of perfectionism. And so you can kind of take a moment to explore, you know, what is healthy, what is allowing you to still move forward in your life. You can make decisions, you can complete projects, you can allow that momentum to move you forward and maybe unhealthy would be things that are holding you back this analysis paralysis of fear of making a wrong choice or a lot of self-criticism or this constant feeling of not enough might be debilitating and therefore probably labeled as unhealthy for you. So just take a moment to kind of check in and have that sense of analysis. In Jeff's book, he did some research around, you know, what is healthy perfectionism, what's unhealthy perfectionism, and non-perfectionists. So I'll read the definition here. He said that healthy perfectionists were those who described themselves as having high and demanding standards, which they worked hard to achieve. So I'll repeat that again. Healthy perfectionism is where those who describe themselves as having high and demanding standards, which they worked hard to achieve. Unhealthy perfectionism was reported being concerned with how others evaluated their performance, reported high levels of self-criticism, and chronically doubted themselves and their skills. Unhealthy perfectionism is people who report being concerned and evaluated by others about their performance. They report having high levels of self-criticism, chronically doubt themselves and their skills. Non-perfectionists stated that although they didn't see particularly high expectations for themselves, they also weren't that concerned with how others evaluated them. They didn't worry about making mistakes or engage in much self-doubt. Right, so non-perfectionists are people who don't really see that they need high expectations for themselves and they also aren't really concerned how others think of them or worry about making mistakes or have much self-doubt. The study demonstrated that healthy perfectionists have higher achievement, more self-esteem, more positive feelings, more satisfaction with life. They have more of an active coping style. They have more social support, academic success, ease in interpersonal relationships, high levels of conscientiousness, high levels of extroversion, less depression, less anxiety, less procrastination, less blame. So in many cases, that sounds pretty good to have some healthy perfectionism. And I think that's just a an insight of when do we tip into unhealthy aspects of perfectionism? And how can we gain awareness of when we're tipping into those unhealthy choices? And how can we rebalance, recenter ourselves so that we can come back to this place of feeling healthier, of feeling more capable of making choices, of moving forward in our lives without the self-criticism, without getting trapped in what others are thinking of us, and really build that sense of inner trust. 
I will be completely honest with you, before hitting record on this podcast, I was like, I'm just getting over a cold. I still sound pretty nasaled. I probably shouldn't do this podcast right now. And that's where it just hit me of, you know what? I get to walk my talk of not allowing perfectionism that my voice needs to be perfect before recording an episode to move me forward to get this information out to you. I care more about the outcome and impact of it than I do with the potential judgment that you all might be having around my nasal voice. So these are just some simple aspects of awareness we can bring to our life of when we are making choices in our day-to-day. Are we getting hooked on the little things like I need the perfect thing to eat to maximize my health and well-being and my energy, right? Or I need to have the perfect morning routine and ritual. It's like when we get so trapped in making something perfect, we hold on to it too tightly. And I've used this metaphor before. It's like when we hold on to it too tightly, it will crack, it will break, and it's not very supportive. One of the things I really appreciated that Jeff also talks about in his book is that when we think about creating our intentions when we're working on projects or working on things and our outcomes become different, it's not really the fact that our outcomes become different than we wanted them to. It's really about how are we talking to ourselves or how are we handling the fact that the outcomes are different than we originally intended them to? Do we blame ourselves? Do we get trapped in that sense of criticism and self-doubt? Or are we able to see, huh, my outcomes are different. Let me try different strategies to hopefully reach a place where my intentions and my outcomes match. I notice this with my clients that they get really attached to the outcomes of things. And We can't always change the outcomes, but we can change our response. And that then shifts and changes the outcome. And when we recognize that we have agency, that we have control of how we can change our response, that is where the power comes. That is where we are able to have a sense of ownership. And some of that response is about shifting the internal voice, the internal narrative, the way we talk to ourselves. And sometimes that's trying something outwardly, that's taking action outwardly to maybe do something different to shift the outcome. Going back to these six different aspects of perfectionism or ways perfectionism shows up, I notice that these I have so many that show up in different aspects of my life and it is a constant, again, practice to bring mindfulness to the moment so I can choose when is it healthy and when is it unhealthy and unhelpful. And so one that comes to mind is a sense of flawless. I have let that one go. I'm dyslexic and so for years I have had this sense of I can't press publish on anything or send an email or create anything without a second pair of eyes on them because I need to make sure everything's spelled correctly or is grammatically correct. 
And that has really held me back over the years, this fear of producing things, that it needs to be flawless in order to get it out there. I've kind of have gone to the opposite spectrum a little bit where sometimes I've just given myself so much permission that I will just press publish and let it be free because again, I want to get it out there. And sometimes that means there's grammatic or spelling mistakes in my social media post or in my blog post because I didn't want to spend the extra time and energy it takes to get an editor or have three pairs of eyes on them and I just wanted to get it out there. That is always a an internal battle for myself and I notice when my husband will say, hey, you know, you had some mistakes here and he shares it in a very loving way. Sometimes it feels really raw when I hear that because a lot of shame comes up that, oh my God, I produced something that was not flawless, that was not perfect. And that's where I get to talk to myself and meet my inner voice and really offer her a lot of compassion and love and come back to this place of care and come back to this place of what was my intention of publishing that And did it match my outcome? And allowing the how it was done on the scale of perfectionism, let it go. Now, of course, I want to make sure it's not sloppy, right? I want to make sure that it's coherent, that it's not offensive, that it's making the point across. But again, it comes to this place of like, oh, it's good enough. It's good enough. And this shows up, this aspect of good enough has been very helpful for all these other types of perfectionism. I like to think of, I shared this in my Wait a Minute newsletter, which if you're not already a member, you can sign up at wadebrill.com. And I shared this a while ago when I first really discovered, oh yeah, I'm recovering from being a perfectionist. And it's this practice that also helps with this maximizer and satisfier mindset, right? And just to reflect on what that means is maximizers are typically wanting to make the best absolute decision possible and they'll spend a lot of energy doing it and satisfiers have this, yeah, I researched enough, it's good enough, let's move forward. So this tool is about, is it 80% complete? Like 80%, not 100%, 80%. And what that means really is my 80% of what I think is good enough is probably more in alignment with 100%. I just have to tune down my high expectations, my high standards, this again, concept that something can be absolute and perfect, I have to tone that down. And when I tone it down to about 80%, it is good enough. It is good enough, which is pretty darn good. And I can then make that choice, get it out in the world, move forward. I also think it's really helpful to think about, wow, how much energy and time gets wrapped up and probably wasted Again, that's kind of a judgment, but 
wasted, spent, exuded on thinking and waiting for that perfect answer or that perfect timing or that perfect job or that perfect relationship. We have this concept wrapped up. And then when reality hits, there's never a perfect especially if we've been trained to be perfectionists in any of these categories, six categories, we're probably always scanning that job, that relationship, that choice as what's wrong or what could be even better. Now again, sometimes that can be helpful. Sometimes that can be healthy because we are having this internal drive to make things better, but if it's on a scale of unhealthy, it's leaning towards that place of not moving forward, of getting trapped in self-criticism, self-doubt, and more wrapped up into what other people think, then that's probably unhealthy. Another way that I like to explore this with clients is helping them think about not only noticing what type of perfectionism is showing up, but noticing how perfectionism feels in the body. Does it feel like a clenching, like you're needing to grasp and white knuckle to something? Does it feel like the world's going to end if it's not done in a certain way? Does it feel like the oxygen gets taken out of your body? Just exploring like what does that feel like from a physical sensation perspective? Because when we can also feel it show up in the body, we can gain insight to, oh, oh, perfectionism is, is kicking up here and have that sense of awareness so we can have choice. So we can talk to that place of perfectionism with some kindness, with some curiosity and explore how can we take that aspect of turning down so things are good enough to help us move forward. Knowing that life is so short, I've really explored that I don't want to get trapped in perfectionism and be held back to reach my goals because who knows what happens in life, right? As we're coming to the end of the year and reflecting back on this last year, on all that was achieved and focused on and also all the things that are still yet not done, it's like, oh, can I have a sense of ease and it's okay that this is where I am. This is where life is right now. And can that be good enough? Because that's what it is. And not spend that energy wishing or hoping things were different. And so knowing that I don't want to hope or wish things were different, I take that insight And think about, okay, well then what do I want to do right now? Because I don't want to live with regrets. And at the same time, how can we allow that to be wisdom to move us forward and not like a sense of punishment? Like, oh, I should have done more and again, get into the self-criticism voice, but more of that sense of wisdom and insight of like, oh, wow, this was actually really important to me versus I should have done more or I wish I was better or faster or stronger or smarter. 
a huge part of being with perfectionism is also this inner dialogue that I spoke about earlier and offering ourselves a lot of self-compassion, right? The way we talk to ourselves really matters. And can we be our best friend on this journey of life instead of our biggest critic or our worst enemy? We don't need more pressure than the pressure that is already around us in society. We get to be our best friend. We get to be the one that is cheering ourselves on and celebrating this gift of a life, celebrating each breath, noticing the inhale, the exhale, and that is enough. And we are enough. And even in this episode, recognizing that there's nothing we need to do or to change, we are whole and complete in this moment. Even if we're recognizing that there's some unhealthy or unhelpful aspects of perfectionism. Can we just have that sense of awareness and be very curious and kind with ourselves? So thank you for listening to this solo episode. I'd love to hear what's coming alive for you. What are your takeaways? What are your insights? I'll link Jeff's book in the show notes. And if you can think of a perfectionist in your life, send them this episode and allow it to be a loving discussion that you can spark between yourselves or even your teams at work. If you're looking for more support on working with this inner dialogue and untangling from some unhelpful perfectionism, I'm opening up a few one-on-one coaching spots. And so reach out in the show notes. There's a link to set up a connection call to see if working together is a fit. And until next time, stay centered. 